Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're on Long Final, Ireland's aviation podcast from Squawk 7000. On this week's long final, we meet with Alan Phelan, the founder and CEO of 8PTN.Aero, the Aircraft Professionals Technical Network, and Matt G, who is CEO of 6West. They provide ferry and flight operation services to the aircraft leasing community and airlines worldwide. And they're also enterprise members of the APTN.Aero network. I met with Matt and Alan in Mount Rath in County Leash to talk about the current state of play in the commercial aviation world and how it impacts the technical side of flying aircraft. We also took the opportunity to examine how the aircraft technical sector is a crucial part of the aviation industry in Ireland. Thanks, Michael. Well, thank you for for inviting us to Squawk 7000. Myself and Matt have been talking for a couple of months about getting together to do a little chat about the aviation industry in Ireland, globally, with a particular focus on the technical aspects. I think it's great that we, we, we can meet here in a community work hub here in the Midlands. It's the new way of doing business in aviation. You know, this, this, this facility here is an old school that's been renovated and it's just, it's nice to bring people from, uh, you know, uh, different uh, aspects of the industry together and, and to talk. Uh, You'll have me asking you, where is the Midland Airport and how's it progressing? Yeah, yeah no, so, so uh, Midlands Airport is Lime Tree Airport and it's, 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 it's a great spot uh, uh, for aviation enthusiasts. Your own business has, a, I suppose, an interesting perspective in that it, it gives people an opportunity not only to network, but actually to support each other. Exactly. I kind of uh, came across this kind of concept about two years ago. I was working with a, a Chinese technical service company, and I could see that there was a lot of independent technical consultants, not only in Ireland, but worldwide, uh, that didn't seem to connect together and uh, you know, needed kind of some sort of professional body to, to help them network, uh, maybe to improve their technical skills through continuous professional development. And hence APTN.Aero was founded, and I suppose uh, COVID-19 has kind of accelerated it a little bit in the sense that, you know, uh, trying to find the right technical skills worldwide uh, can be difficult when there's travel restrictions and, 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 and such like. So now, 12 months later, we have over 800 members in over 100 countries, mm-hmm. and we have over 20 chapter leaders in 20 individual countries who are the focal point for APTN.Aero in, the, in, in those respective countries. And if you think about membership, there's always going to be the question, what's in it for me? So what's in it for the members? So what's in it for the members is uh, they get access to the network, the contacts. They're able to upload their skills and availability. 
We've designed a platform where uh, people can, can use it as a calendar tool to mm -hmm. show their availability and their skills. And that's visible then to our enterprise members who are primarily uh, aircraft leasing companies, technical service companies, uh, and airlines and MRO companies around the world. So uh, you can sh show your wares when you're available. Uh, that's one thing that's, that's, that you get out of it. Let me just clarify that because you're suggesting that is there a lot of freelance work then obviously still happening there? People oh, are selling themselves yeah, by, by, yeah. by availability. Absolutely, yeah. Most of the, the technical service companies employed freelancers uh, I'd say maybe 20% are full-time and 80% are, are freelancers. Mm. The, the, the leasing companies, similarly, they'll have a small core technical team and they'll employ other people to do their audits, their inspections uh, uh, and, and other such work. So there is a huge community of, of freelancers out there. Because historically it was a, a, a fellow would say, do you know somebody who can? Or, or it, mm. it would be your, your contacts list. You've yeah. formalised that. Yeah, exactly. And um, what, what I'm trying to convince people is that it's a network for everybody. Mm. You know, uh, I'm not selling uh, contract services. I want everybody to join, even if some of the engineering service companies out there want to bring their contacts into the forum, they're more than welcome. And uh, then everybody can share the database, the contacts, and make like, life easier. I mean, a lot of the uh, issues associated with the contract workers, if they don't have access to insurance, professional indemnity insurance, that's something we've looked at. Um, finance products, maybe pension products, medical products for guys that are trying to work independently and mm. as, 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 as standalone businesses. So that those type of services also are available mm. to members. Matt, your organisation is part of that network, Six West. Six West to where? So thanks, Michael. Um, great to be on the podcast with Alan as well. So Six West is actually the line of latitude for Dublin. That's the That was the name choice of the company. So we're, we're a member of APTN, a uh, brief overview of the company. We're a flight operations services provider. We typically get involved with moving aircraft when they're off lease with the lessors, between the lessors and the airlines. Mm. Sometimes we move in-service aircraft as well. And we can be flying, uh, we operate globally. Um, we can be flying anything between um, typical scope of an aircraft lessor, really. So it could be a, a turboprop aircraft through to the mid-sized jets, the regional jets and the wide bodies. Um, also movement of business jets, large cabin business jets as well. And typically to give you in a normal year, which of course <laughs> we we're not, <laughs> that? Um, yeah. but in a normal year, we would typically move around 200 aeroplanes. But to mm -hmm. give you a scope of where we're at right now, this year, this calendar year, we're about 165 aeroplanes movement so far. Who was doing this before you? So the there's historically, um, historically there's not been many companies globally doing this on a mm. large scale anyway. There was um, one large service provider in Ireland and perhaps one or two in the US, a couple in Europe. One of those providers no longer active in the, in the, in, in, in the sector. Mm. Um, and there's probably also one other large provider in Ireland providing this service How can lessons. you provide a service, be, given, the, given the variety of aircraft that are out there, that, as you just you gave us a, a good list of them, you must have to have quite a good database of, of pilots and crews? We do, yeah, we absolutely do. So we would have about uh, 95 to 100 pilots uh, worldwide. Mm. Uh, the, 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 the core split, of course, will be Europe and the US, uh, with Asia Pacific as well, across those aircraft types. Um, we also have an exclusive partnership with technical flight services who um, you were speaking to a few weeks ago Indeed, yeah. and um, that, that, that's been very successful so far in, in um, the implementation of new regulation as well into the sector. 
Do you displace something within an airline? Not really. There's a yes and no answer to that. So mm. typically the airlines, again, traditionally may have moved the aircraft for a lessor, may not have moved the aircraft for a lessor. Our typical environment experiences with the airlines is that if the movement is within, we'll say their radar, their typical network, they're very comfortable to do the movement. If the movement steps out of that network, uh, they, they become quite uncomfortable typically mm -hmm. in doing that. That's when we may get called in to work for the airline rather than the lessor. Now, of course, it's quite different because the, the, the airlines have furloughed pilots, they've furloughed their own staff, they may just not have the resources, even within their own network, to move. Mm. So even even to today, we're still moving aircraft for airlines as well as lessors. I imagine too that airlines are very SOP, standard operation procedure driven yeah. at the moment, so they may not even have an SOP for the ferry of an aircraft. Correct, correct. they may not. As a company, we, we have to have SOPs, mm. so we have our own company SOPs. And then for the movement of the aeroplane, we're using the original equipment manufactured, the OEM's SOPs. For, for that for that purpose. I have this vision in my head of uh, somebody coming to the end of a lease before they expected to. Mm. They might be very keen on giving back the aeroplane. What does that present to you as a challenge? It can present all sorts of challenges. So it really depends on the, the less or lessy engagement. Uh, if that's been a positive engagement, most of the times it is a positive en engagement between the two parties. It's a simple movement of the aeroplane. Mm. Uh, if there's no engagement or declining engagement, we sometimes, typically what you might find is we get asked to go in and do one aspect of the job and that list just grows and grows and grows. So that could be ground handling, fueling of the aeroplane, etc. Um, and then there's the odd occasion that we have to go and do repossessions. Um, some of those can be what's termed as a hostile repossession where the airline have just closed support altogether and the lessor just needs the aircraft back. Um, in the last, uh, during, certain during COVID times, there hasn't been so many of those, sure. um, more so actually early handbacks of the aircraft from the airlines, which okay. is usually consensual. A question then to both of you, given that, uh, I suppose, the elephant in the room, etc., mm -hmm. the last 15 months, and we know that the situation in aviation is, is still even under debate, even today as, uh, as we're talking. Um, can I get you both to give me kind of a, a snapshot view of our health check for it, Alan. I think everybody's aware that the, the aviation sector has kind of uh, bottomed out and in terms of travel and it's starting to rise again. Uh, how long it'll take to get back to where it was, uh, you know, 12, 18 months ago. Um, but I think there's, there's positive signs there with, uh, you know, vaccines and, and, and travel passports uh, within the EU. Uh, aircraft are, are coming out of service. I think the numbers in the US and in, in the Far East are showing positive signs mm. that are getting back to the same levels. Europe is a bit of a laggard in that respect. So um, from a tec technical perspective as well, a lot of aircraft coming out of storage and, and back into service uh, with airlines. Uh, and you've probably heard that a lot of new startup airlines coming out and uh, on board uh, so that they're all positive aspects. Of, I'm of, curious about what the pitch was like in the in, to to the funders for that one. I mean, how do you turn around to somebody and say, uh, "Give us a whack of money because we're yeah. going to start a new airline post COVID"? I think I think in one way there's never been a better time to start. If you've if you're an airline that has a solid business plan, has solid funding, has the right knowledge on board in terms of people power, mm. I think there's no better time to start in some cases because you've you've no legacy debt. Um, you've perhaps renegotiated contracts with new employees, etc. 
and you've got the access pool of aircraft which are in the droves right now so there's there's probably in in some aspects there's no better time i think there's something like a hundred kind of genuine proposals there right now around the world for startup airlines how many of them succeed you know, 50 succeed or something like that probably be I think it's a good result. And there are a lot of aircraft available and prices are low. So get in when the prices are low. I think that's the trick. The personnel, though, that might be the issue because a lot of people who were in aviation, had a career in aviation, had had to find alternative Mm. employment in the meantime. Are they all passionate about flying and want to go back? I think there's a certain number of them will come back. So if you've, out of perhaps every thousand that have gone, you probably get 800 back, I'd say. In my general experience of 25 years in this industry, knowing people, generally people are fairly passionate about the industry they're in. I'd agree with, I'd agree with that. Now, whether they're full-time, again, or contracted workers, yeah. you know, in, in airlines, the, the skills are out there, and it's, it's our job to try and encourage people to stay in the industry, to, to maintain that experience, because it took years to build up, and we need to create the right environment for people to stay in the industry. Can I get you both to talk to me about regulators? Because, you know, uh, you get a couple of people in aviation uh, talking when we used to be able to do it in a bar, and they might start out of giving out about the regulators. <laughs> this is what you do for a living. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're doing the regulators in Ireland, IAA, I mean, are responsible for a lot of the, uh, uh, with all of the regulations, and I think mm. they're doing a fantastic job. I mean, even if you look at what they've done recently in terms of drone technology, mm. you know, I, I think they're leaders in the field. I, I think they get a bad press, but I think you need regulators. You need a good link with the, with the international regulators like EASA and FAA. And without them, we wouldn't have the industry that we have. You need a regulator that understands the industry in its current time. <clears throat> I think a lot of regulators, or maybe not some, uh, you know, sometimes perhaps they get accused of being stuck in back in time a little bit. But if they've, if they've stayed with the industry, if they've stayed with the, the cycle of the industry and they understand where the industry is now, today, where it will go, I think that's 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 good but it does need that regulator to be able to stay with the pace of things because as you as you mentioned you know airlines are half size at the moment perhaps they've probably got 50 or 80 percent of their fleet grounded it needs the regulator to be able to understand that yes enforce the regulation but also work with those entities to try to get them especially as we talk about recovery now aircraft are going to have to go through huge swathes of maintenance to get back airborne if they've been stored for a year, 15 months. It yeah. needs that regulator to support that activity. That, that's, a, that's a good point when you think, of, I was looking at some photographs on, on in the internet right there of you know aircraft with mouldy carpets <clears> and yeah. uh, you know not necessarily in the best of fettle. Where's the opportunity there and what will you be doing? It's, we will be coming very active. I think we're gonna, we're already starting to see little shoots of it. We're uh, with um, some, some technical demonstration flights of aircraft going to new operators or, air, or even operators taking more airplanes, more of a certain type of airplane. So, so, so there is gonna be, a, I, I predict a larger level of business in that recovery of aircraft back into, back into service. But you're right, there are a huge number of aircraft parts concerns would be how they're stored how they've been stored back in march last year there was a big panic to ground the airplanes mm-hmm. there's not enough engine blanks i think in the world for every aircraft that's grounded incorrect storage plastics were used purely because there were just shortages of this stuff you're starting to see some problems with the aircraft that are stored now for the longer periods of time of corrosion coming into um, getting trapped behind the plastic in between the plastic in the fuselage for example and as those aircraft are 
you know, the blankets are taken off and they're brought back into use, there's going to be an extended period in, in maintenance for those aircraft while, while those type, type of defects are, are rectified. Alan, what are you hearing from your network? Yeah, similar to what Matt is saying there, you know, um, it's going to be a bit of work to get these aircraft back into the condition they were before. I mean, the OEMs are being proactive in providing kits for, for reactivation and trying to relax some of the rules around uh, reactivation. I know that some of the inspection intervals have been extended and, you know, so it's, it's, it's a question of working with OEMs, MROs, uh, uh, to, to get the aircraft back into a condition that, that uh, you know, the, the passengers are, are comfortable mm -hmm. with. The period of, I suppose, adaptation that you, both your businesses went through uh, over the last 15 months, are you getting back to face-to-face? -face? Yes and no in a way, but very, very slowly face-to-face. -face. So we've been, in terms of our business levels, we've been quite busy for the last, for the, for the COVID period. In one way, we're very fortunate that we're one of the few aviation businesses that are busy. It will be great to get back to face-to-face -face meetings. I think that's probably coming in, in a larger scale later in the year. I, I hear a lot of talk about offices coming back in, in some shape or form, a part-time role mm -hmm. in September. There's certainly been a whole year of industry events that have been cancelled, just haven't been possible because of travel restrictions, COVID, face-to-face, -face, etc. Uh, me personally, and us as a business, yeah, we're starting to do some face-to-face -face again. Um, but I think we're going to be a few months away yet. For the land of Zoom continues. The land of Zoom continues. Absolutely, you know, and yeah. I think, uh, okay, we, we've gone from, you know, uh, big events to, to no events to Zoom events. I think mm -hmm. going forward, you're going to have hybrid events, you know, mm -hmm. where there will be some people in the room. There'll be others that are taking part remotely. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's uh, the whole... Uh, environment is changing and where we are today in you know a digital enterprise hub these are the type of places where we can bring people from different locations and 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 use these type of facilities um you know uh, so it will be a gradual so slow process um as i mentioned before i don't see myself going back to a big city five days a week i think it'll be you know two three days and you'll use the other two days to do your face-to-face -face networking and meetings you know the rest of the stuff you can do in these remote hubs a lot of people too might underestimate the role of aviation in Ireland. I know certainly the Recover Aviation Group have been talking to about this figure 143,000. Uh, we hear it on the news bulletins all the time. But can you both just calibrate uh, for us what is the role of aviation in this country? It's a critical role that so many people, I think aircraft leasing, if you went back in time perhaps 10 years ago, very few people had heard about aircraft leasing or you get into a taxi and oh yeah there's a bit of that here yeah. whereas certainly when we could take taxis and when we were <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a past time there um, if you go back a year uh, well two years ago you'd get into a taxi we'd have a big event here in a January the air finance week and you get into a taxi and all oh, where you go in an aircraft oh that's really big here the aircraft leasing's really mm -hmm. big here so so people as lessors became a little bit more public, I suppose, you know, websites developed and things like that, people have gained more of a knowledge um, from, it, from, you know, the, the lessors have become more accessible from a student perspective, a grad perspective going into the industry. In terms of, though, the actual industry in this country, it's critically important. Both ends of the country, Dublin and Shannon, we've got very large maintenance facilities Okay, Shannon has more than Dublin, but they, they still play a core role there. Both are very, very active even now in, in this current time. We, we have 
I think 50% of the world's aircraft are leased. The lease is written in Ireland. And, and, and you've got, you know, if you just look at the lessor, the lessor itself is a, is a business or the lessors are a business. And around that is a whole industry. Mm. So you've law firms, you've finance firms, you've service providers such as us, um, you've, you've the maintenance providers. So, so, so if that disappeared, it would very quickly dissipate outwards. And so it's, it's a, it's a key it industry damaged? in the country. I don't think it has, no. No, I don't think it has. Personally speaking, no. no. But I, I, I don't think it has been damaged, but what it, it allowed, it's allowed some of our competitors to catch up. Yes. People like Singapore and, and, yes. and Hong Kong, yeah. you know, uh, they're, they're trying to catch up where we are. But I think if we maintain the high levels of education in, in, the, in the industry in aviation uh, and, and bring people through the various stages, whether it's MRO, legal, finance, uh, with uh, focus on aircraft leasing. I think the government play a big part here. They're very supportive in terms of, you know, double taxation agreements. Keep the momentum in those areas going and then we'll keep ahead of the posse and we'll, we'll yeah. still be the, you know, the, the, the focal point for aircraft yeah. leasing worldwide. Absolutely. Yeah, the recovery's got to be, the recovery is, as you mentioned, recover air. Obviously, first and foremost, the airlines have got to get back into a state and be facilitated. That's the important word, the facilitation to allow the airlines to get back into an operational perspective, equally the airports as well. You know, the, the airports are hived up at the moment. Mm. Um, but as Alan correctly said as well, uh, we, we can't allow, this country can't allow the competitors um, to steal that march on us. So, mm. so, so... The, the support for the entire sector is crucial. And that, that's one of the key things that's going to have to come out of this. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Alan, why do you do this? I did engineering, right? And uh, I could have went to Wales to a gas company, ended up in Airmode of Ireland doing jet engine overhaul and kind of have a grown to, to love the industry over the years. Mm. You know, I suppose I could have stayed in a route going in, you know, multinational mm. company uh, for, for years until retirement. But I felt, you know, you doing aptn.aero is giving something back to the industry, trying to bring people together uh, and, and create and grow not only the aviation industry in Ireland, but I think there are great people all around the world that are passionate about it. And that's, that's the reason I'm doing what I do. I also do some consultancy work, you know, with less hours uh, in the areas of expertise that I have in jet engine maintenance and uh, engine trading and helping guys find the right engines for aircraft. That's a passion that I have as well. But, you know, I think I have the right blend and mix of, of giving something back to aptn.aero as well as trying to put a bit of bread and butter on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's, yeah. there's two things popped into my head listening to you there. Is one, um, how much is an engine? So an engine for a Boeing 737 or an A320, new condition, you're talking up to 10, 11 million dollars, brand new. It's a, yeah. a lot of spondulics. So a lot of people yeah. say an aircraft is a cigar tube with two engines, but the guys in the, air, in the airframe side of things will have a different view on that. <laughs> <laughs> What's a typical day for you? So a typical day here is, is getting over to the hub here in Montreal and uh, Zoom calls, uh, I, I host and I moderate some, some aviation events for some guys internationally. Mm. Um, networking with, with the aptn.aero members, we have a call every week with the chapter leaders where we do country reports and see what's happening in industry and we feed that back to the membership then. We have some great WhatsApp groups going out there mm. around the world as well as the, the platform that we have. So it's, it's, it's networking, trying to get information out there, especially technical stuff. Obviously, you know, you hear of a new AD or an SB that's of interest to the membership, get that out there and try and share There's it There's loads of possible. jargon in this business, definitely, <laughs> yeah. is there? Exactly. <laughs> a, a letter for everything. Uh, Matt, I was going to say the same to you. Like, how do you find yourself in the job you're in now? So it's been aviation's actually all I've worked in ever since. Uh, so I left, left school at 16. Uh, started in aviation, general aviation, worked my way through into the commercial side, mm. some flying actually in there as well. Moved to Ireland, my, my, wife's, from, my wife's from Ireland. Moved over and worked with um, several airlines. Aer Lingus was my last airline there. And then stepped across into the aircraft leasing services um, world. And yeah, that's, that's where I've been for 20, 25 years now. And so, same question, um, a typical day for you? Typical day can be very interesting for us because uh, it really depends what operations we have going on. But we, you know, uh, if you look at, you know, we're recording this on a Monday, a uh, typical day today was start the day quite early. We have our group call because obviously we, we all can't be in the office anymore. Uh, so we have our group call. We discuss the operations coming up this week. Then the team will go away and work on those. I could be working on commercial proposals, business development, and then supporting the team as well with the as they as they run the operations. Uh, we we could be working on any time zone, so we, we we could be active down on the Australian time zone, something in Europe, then something in the West Coast of America. Is it as glamorous as it sounds? Uh, it can be, and it, it really depends what we're doing. So, so it's nice to it's nice to deliver new aircraft, or not new aircraft, but new aircraft for airlines. Mm. It's nice to be part of that. You can see them expand. I've got friends now from uh, deliveries from many years ago with airlines uh, that we stay in touch with. 
At the same time, you have to be very sensitive to what we're doing as well, because we can't talk specifically, we don't talk specifically about the operations we do sure. to respect the confidentiality of the customer. But also, if we're in a repossession event, you've got to be sensitive that that's not a great event for the lessor. It's certainly not a great event for the airline if they're still in operation. People are losing their jobs. You could be taking away an aeroplane that's effectively going to collapse the airline. So you do have to be sensitive to those subjects. The other thing is we can be work with cultures worldwide. So you've got to be able to be adaptable to those cultures, understand those cultures, also understand the, 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 what's going on the ground there. You know, what's going on the ground in Australia can be very, very different to what's going on the ground here in Europe. Is there a pattern to what causes certain airlines to succeed and others not to succeed? It's, it usually is the same pattern. What can really cause an airline not to succeed could be something as simple. You may have a recession in a country, you may have a political event, or you may have war, unfortunately. Mm. What causes the airline to succeed? Generally, they have a good, strong business plan. They understand the market. They're able to adapt to the market. And the adaption is something that's, that's very, very interesting, particularly coming out of an event like covid Airlines are going to have to change the business model. You may find airlines downsizing aircraft, upsizing aircraft in some cases, and adapting their actual model of business, day-to-day -day business. If airlines can do that, they'll survive and grow. If they're not able to do that, they'll probably head the other way, unfortunately. Let's uh, roll forward as we come to the end of the chat to, let's say I was to get a chance to talk to you both in a year's time. What will have changed? Alan. In a year's time, I think we won't be fully out of the COVID situation. We'll still be about 60-70% of the way there. So I think you'll, you'll have people flying on holidays in a year's time, uh, you know, all, 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 albeit, you know, more careful in, in the way they're approaching travel and, and um, costs will be higher, unfortunately, because, you know, these airlines to survive, I, I can't see airline tickets being as cheap as they were before. So that's going to be another aspect of the aviation industry in a year's time. Yeah. So will as many people be flying to far flung destinations? It's, it's question mark. Maybe, you know, more regionally they'll fly as opposed to Even internationally. Even business aviation may be reduced because we've kind of got used to the idea of not necessarily popping on an airplane for a meeting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, mean, I think uh, the business uh, side of, of the airline business model uh, is going to change somewhat. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what have the hybrid seen, model will be like. Yeah. Have you know? we seen an increase in, in business aircraft? Uh, Matt, you'd, you'd say uh, that. Um, uh, the, 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 certainly that sector is recovering. Mm. And if you look into America, that sector's strong as ever. Mm. Um, in Europe, I think the, it, was, it was an interesting pattern because in Europe, there was a lot of business jet charter activity mm. around when COVID was really at its highest point because, because companies, large corporations, wouldn't simply allow their staff to fly and they were chartering activity. I think some of that's kind of petered out a little bit now. Um, but, but, but jumping a year ahead, I absolutely agree with Alan. I think it's going to be, there's going to be airlines that are still struggling. Mm. One of the things that's going to hamper airlines is getting their aircraft back airborne. And if an airline is organized, has the cash structure to get into those MROs, get the work, get, get the, the return to service work completed, then um, they'll, be airline, they'll be airborne. The airlines that aren't able to do that, what you may find is some regions have opened up, 
some airlines are fully active and some airlines are still struggling to get active mm. and that could that could greatly impact the impact their return to operation but i absolutely agree i don't think we're going to be fully out of this yet things like the indian variant are concerning if that's able to be suppressed great if it's not able to be suppressed you may find that certainly southeast asia india they they, they could still be in this situation into next year so it's going to be interesting for sure i i think as well that the 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 day trip to europe you know dublin brussels or something for a day trip i think that's probably i don't want to say it's gone but i think it's probably going to be greatly reduced because you can hop onto a, a web meeting i think where the value will be is those longer business trips and, and i think certainly not all sectors i think the it sector for example will adapt itself to probably becoming mm. everybody working remotely the great number of staff uh, etc i think though just looking at our own sector those type of those type of meetings those longer trips they will still have to happen because certainly there's been times that we're trying to get things done and i've become frustrated by doing mm. it over over virtually and i think that's if you talk to lessors, for example, trying to go to just get an aircraft lease over the line, that final meeting that has to happen and generally happens in person. You can't do that over You just, over you just can't yeah, do that over Zoom. Yeah. So I think those type of business trips will resume. Uh, curiosity, have, have we seen the end of the A380s and the 747s? And the... I, I think I A380, think so. yes, but not the 747. No, I yeah. think the oh, 747 yeah. uh, has a lot of life left, left in it still. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it does. I, I think the A380 will come back in a very limited format. I think some of the, certainly the, I, I, I mean, at the height of the A380, the UAE, the, the Gulf carriers were using that on one hour sectors, one, you know, high density one hour, yeah. one hour and a half sectors. I think that's gone. I think somebody, if you look at Qantas bringing theirs back, perhaps mm. the, the very high density Australia, UK, Australia, America market. Yeah, it probably have, it has a place there. Mm. I think it's flying though is greatly reduced. Okay, final word to you both. Uh, the famous phrase is, don't let your daughter on the stage, Mrs. Worthington. Would you let anybody in your family get into aviation at this stage? Yeah, I would. I would, but um, yeah, um, some some guidance, though, I think, with, with that as well at the same time. As to the career, <laughs> Alan. Well, I'd agree. I mean, if they have a passion for it, definitely let them, let, let them into it. It's a great place to work, yeah. great people. You know, uh, made great friends over the years, and uh, I think there's a living to be made in it too. So if you, if you are... Uh, you know, a lover of aviation, definitely get into it. Yeah. Alan Phelan, Matt Chief, thank you both for joining us on Squawk 7000. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Long Final from Squawk7000.ie. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and do tell your friends. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.